As the community is more and more turning its eyes to the horizon in wonder of when Street Fighter VI might be announced, Catalyst offers five things he feels will make the game shine if it has them at launch. Plus, Justin Adaptive Trigger Gordon joins us to talk about the brand new Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl and whether or not it looks like it'll stand the test of time on this week's episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. I am John Catalyst Gray, and with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero. How you feeling? How you doing? I am, I am, uh, I am so rested and relaxationed. I uh, just was on my honeymoon. I'm back. I'm ready to start kicking butt with a uh, a new podcast segment. Yep, congratulations, man. You're you're you've joined the wedded, and uh, and but now. We kind of want Capcom to join with the rest of the FGC here and get five killer features that Street Fighter Six needs. And damn it, John, we care a lot about Street Fighter. We want Capcom to do a great job with this game. Yes. And one of the ways they can do a great job with it is by number one here, worldwide net play. Having ready and plentiful access to the worldwide player base in the fighting game community would be huge. This assumes we keep crossplay, which is, you know, that's that's a standard right now, right? Like crossplay is just kind of what we do. Um, but this would basically mean that I could go up against Daigo, Tokido, Punk, Idom on the regular uh, because the net play is so good. It doesn't matter that much. It's always going to matter, but it doesn't matter that much where on the globe someone else is. And, and darn it, would this ever be a great incentive for people to buy the game? Like, it's like, oh, I can play against Tokido. I can play against Daigo. And all I have to do is buy this $60 game because the net play is that good. Yeah. John, how how do you think worldwide net play w- would make an impact? I mean, I would be happy if you could faithfully say, truthfully say that you could play uh, East Coast to West Coast in the United States. If I could have consistent matches with someone down in Florida or someone up in New York uh, just that there, because, you know, I mean, the, the major hubs, you know, are on the coasts and there's, there's plenty of scene everywhere now in the U S but you know, the, 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 the big, the big, uh, heavy hitters tend to be on the coasts a lot of the times. And so you just don't get to practice with those kind of people. And so like, uh, if that were the new standard, that would be amazing as far as I'm concerned, but you're talking worldwide. Is that, is that realistic right now? Because I, yes, Street Fighter Five is is already an old example, right? Coming from 2016, so it's like, yes, we've had five years to grow this, and five years where the developers are actively aware that they really need to, like the like the community has been saying, netcode, 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 and we have had some examples like where I remember Mortal Kombat 11 first came out, and Guilty and Sonic Fox played from Japan to the U.S. and it was reasonably good. I haven't heard much about that since maybe that's more yeah. combat 11 um and, and then strive we talked about how you could play across the world and such too uh is, but do we realistically think that we could get a consistent oh, yeah. yeah oh All yeah right. you know, no, no. the thing about it is um anton uh right after i got done playing him in the cpt tournament uh, the other day um he he went on and played gonzo from japan uh the japanese birdie player who also knocked me out of capcom cup with great irony but uh that's that's uh you know west coast us to japan and I'm pretty sure that they both guys are probably on fiber internet, but the connection looked great. This is with Street Fighter V netcode. It's already possible if your connection is good enough. You know, so there there is a caveat of that. Like, not everyone's connection is going to hold up with this. If your connection sucks and you're playing on Wi-Fi and whatever, you're probably still going to be stuck to your region. But if you have a good enough connection, I think this is entirely viable. 
Um, and especially if Capcom beefs up the netcode where this is the goal. This mm -hmm. should be the goal where it's like, no, let's get the entire player base. If your connection is like an A or a B plus or something like that, you can play worldwide. Uh, if if they do that, I don't know that you could slap a sticker on the box that says can play with anyone in the world because that is a tall order. And uh, But if that metaphorically was there, if the community felt like that was part of the package, oh my gosh. Yeah, that's what we're hoping for. So moving on here, number two, cooperative modes. Fighting games are all about kicking the crap out of your friends and enemies. We know this well, John. It's all about like, you know, I, I want to beat you up. That's what I want to do. But you know what would be nice? to have the option to actually team up with you as well. Uh, the latest Street Fighter games have all featured like super strong boss characters like Shinokuma, Shadow Lady Chun-Li, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But having the ability to team up with you and go after those characters where, where it's two-on-one or something like that would just be so much fun. And, and Dramatic Battle, that was a part of the Street Fighter Alpha games. And, and even when my friends couldn't compete with me, they would still want to go and you know beat up Bison with me and stuff. That was still a fun way of doing things. It was in Cross Tekken and, too, right? Where you could just do like party mode, chaos, <laughs> chaos yeah, lanes mode. There's so much stuff there that, that just makes it fun that we just don't have. And like, look at all the games of the plethora of games out there that, that do cooperative modes and stuff. And they're just, they're a lot of fun to play. It's just fun to team up. We, we play Left 4 Dead here uh, on the Event Hubs team. Like we, that's one of the things we do. And, and anyway, so like, I, it, it just, it's so compelling. But John, like from a casual perspective from people, you know, yeah. Like, this is what, what all casual to me, and and I think it's very valid. Absolutely, we've uh, it's been a big point. Obviously, if you've been in the FGC for more than twenty minutes, you've probably heard about the divide between the casual and the competitive audiences, and what goes into a game um, when the developers are trying to like, well, we need to make this more accessible, and they've tried to do so by dumbing things down, making things easier to play. And I widely or, or very strongly think that that's just not the way to go about it. You are dipping in and taking out of the magic that is fighting games when you do something like that um, don't do it that way but something like this where it might just be really freaking fun to go fight akuma who has extra life and does you know just season two akuma or whatever with v trigger and with a buddy you know um th they did that in alpha two right like we're not not alpha two uh, alpha one but... two and three all depending on the mo the game you played they all had dramatic battles in there where you could you could team up yeah and and like kind of reminiscent of the uh, street fighter movie where uh, ryu and ken take on bison together spoilers uh, that could be a ton of fun, and that's the kind of place, one of, of a few kind of places where I say, this is where you rope the casual crowd in. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Is it is it a main thing for me? It's like, no. I mean, I might do this once or twice, but I can see the value of it. And it's like, you're trying to get people from all over the place to come in and play this game. It's more of like a party mode or whatever. Hey, you need some party mode aspects. And and this sounds like it could be something. I mean, we've, we've seen it be something that's really fun before in the past. Um, yeah, for sure. Bring it back. Yeah, and you could tie in stuff like the survival mode items that we have, like, you know, that boost your health or boost your, like, whatever. Uh, and then you could actually have some Marvel versus Capcom style bosses, like, where, you know, like a mecha bison or whatever, and it takes up half the half screen. The screen yeah. You know, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make any darn sense, like, you know, for normal gameplay, but for a co-op mode and just having a little bit of extra bells and whistles in there for people to play with it, you know, it's perfect. So, yeah. all right, so moving on, number three, an amazing story mode. AAA fighting games uh, that do not tell a resounding tale like of just, you know, uh, magnificence and like whatever or whatever. They're just not that well thought of right now in this day and age. 30 years ago, 
Capcom fighting games were regarded as having exceptional plots. I know that sounds crazy. You're, but like you're talking years about ago, writing back... here, or are you talking about just like the 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 experience of like how often you fight? Okay. Yeah, it, it was it was like you know there's there's eight character endings and all that kind of stuff. And back then, like with uh, Street Fighter Two, like back when it was out there, you were lucky to not sometimes not get like a you know congratulations, you are winner or whatever you know on the screen. Uh, like that was back in that era. And, you know, so people were actually thought really well of, of Street Fighter 2's multiple endings and stuff. Like, they put a lot of effort into it comparatively to other games. That's not held up over time. And, and there's so much Capcom can and should do with Street Fighter 6's plot. And they've got, you know, we talked about it before, the voice acting. It's great. They've got some of the best voice actors in the business. And, and they've got one of the bigger IPs in terms of their characters in all of video games. There's a lot to work with there. Um, but, but, John, like, how pissed off would you be if Capcom didn't nail the game story mode this time around, like, or, or would you just be like, no, that's, that's Capcom, man. Like, what are you expecting here? Well, they've set themselves up in a way where they've kind of, they haven't directly said it as much, but they, they've, they've shown us that they really care about this and that this has become like a much higher priority than it obviously has been in the past. And what we have in street fighter five, I mean, that's the most modern. So you'd compare it to this, but like a shadow falls was like, Eh, kind of we're just trying to echo what we've seen work with games like Mortal Kombat. It's there. Fine. But it, it leaves a lot to be desired. And then those pre-story modes, they're kind of cool. It's, it's, it's all right. But I think we're expecting something that's leveled up one or two, maybe three rungs from what we've seen in SF5. Again, this is much more for the casuals, although... I mean, everybody's part casual, part competitive to, to some extent, right? It's a Venn diagram. And uh, there's part of me that definitely is like, I'll, I'll turn the game on a couple of times, not to go into training, not to go into ranked, but to explore the single player content for sure. I've done that many times throughout my you know career as a gamer, um, as a fighting game player. And um, yeah, this is, we launched this game without the, the single player stuff, and it was a problem, even for the competitive crowd. So that tells you right there just how big of a deal this kind of a thing is. I, I don't, it's hard to imagine exactly what my standard would be for this. Uh, mm -hmm. It's like, it, I don't have a list of like direct boxes that I want checked. It's more of a feeling of like, how much does it lure me in? How much does, yeah. is there, is this a the, reason the for me execution. to turn things on? The execution is so important here. There, there's, there's not like a list of like, I can throw out stuff like, you know, uh, Akuma murdering Goken to sleep. You know, that would be great to see. I know it's ridiculous, but it, I want to see it executed well. Ryu giving Sagat a scar. You could go and do so much stuff with that. But if it's, if it's like, you know, a still panel and Ryu's got this dumb look on his face because Capcom gave the artist five minutes to draw it, which certainly would never happen. But anyway, um, we'll have to Dude, make a what, what if that was a, what if, yeah. What if that were like a, a mini game where like you're in the Ryu and Sagat storyline and then suddenly you have to like mash a mash B to like give him his scar. And if you don't, it takes you on some different tangent, you know? And it's like, yeah, eh, it's a little bit goofy, but just thinking about that, I'm intrigued. I'm like, what happens if you yeah. don't, what, where, where does it go? Like what happens if you do? And, and, uh. Yeah, so there's a lot more that they could be adding to their experience through the story mode. I think that's a well that has not been dug down deep enough into and has not been, uh, uh, um, you know, used enough. And so to see them do that now would be, I mean, the sky's the limit, man. Yeah, this is some of the biggest, I mean, this is, you know, it's like a, it's like Mario uh, defeating Bowser, like off screen, you know, that like doesn't happen, right? But like some of the most iconic moments in Street Fighter history all happened off screen. We've never seen them before in game, like properly. And it's yeah. like, okay, 
just do that. Like all this stuff we've heard about that happened off camera, just do it. Like, and, and let us see it for the first time and do it well. Like it, that's a really important part of it. Do it well. Don't just, you can, um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dude, even if it wasn't, even if it wasn't part of like a big main storyline, but maybe like as bonus content after you beat arcade mode or something, you can go to, um, specific scenes in the street fighter story. So like when Sagat gets his scar, when, uh, uh go gets killed, uh, you know, Gotetsu, something like that. Just all of these moments that we've heard about, we've talked about <laughs> finally figuring out how Blanca actually becomes Blanca and lit like, like and play through little, you know, 10 minute story versions or story snippets. That would be super cool too. Even divorced from the actual main storyline. So yeah, I mean, Again, I come from uh, the perspective of being more on the competition side and hoping that the balance and things like that are working. But as we talk about it right now organically, I feel like like my uh, hair standing up a little bit and excited to see what this could potentially be. So again, a very deep well that has not been dug into very far. Yeah, we'll cross our fingers here. But number four. Oh, uh, do you hear that? Oh, I What's I that? hear something. It sounds like we have a couple of bitch ass rage quitters. <gasps> Oh, of the week. Damn. It's been a little while, That's but yes, yeah, I have, no. I have two more. One of which I stumbled across today and I was very sad about because, uh, well, that, that was the second one though. First one is, uh, I think he's been on the show before dragon Asmodius, a Rashid player. Of course it's Rashid. Of, of course. course it's Rashid. Yeah. All those Rashid, the, all the Rashid stereotypes. <laughs> oh, no. um, so we're yeah. gonna get canceled john <laughs> boo boo uh dragon asmodeus you you suck be better um the and, other and one... i want to be clear we only hate rashid for his gameplay no, nothing else about rashid is too much of a problem except for the, the cheesy lines capcom wrote for him which actually i kind of love now like the 10 points and all that kind of stuff like i actually want to hear that because it's so bad um but Rashid Rashid's players. a super sexy character. Otherwise, we love Rashid absolutely. <laughs> he he. Uh, it's uh, the gameplay though. Oh man. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Anyways, but not Dragon Asmodeus. He needs to uh, to figure some stuff out. The other one, yes. the other bitchy assy rage quitter is a guy named or a girl named Angrod. Uh, Urian player. Okay, so I jumped on today. I haven't played Street Fighter in like a week because I've been out, or maybe two weeks almost. And uh, so I was getting back into the groove, and I had a four-game win streak. First person I ran into today, Angrod, this uh, Urian player, and he breaks my streak. And sad, but fair enough. Okay. And then I beat him, and then uh, and then I beat him again. And then so then I uh, play a few more matches, come back together. So now we have a little bit of history, right? And he beats me the first game, and then I beat him the second game, and then round goes to him, round goes to me. It, it and we're back and forth, and we have this like we've never spoken to one another, but we've met each other and developed a relationship through our battles. And it gets down to last hit, last round, and I score it, go into my, I, I do an Akira combo, and, and with the juggles, go into my uh, super, which it's, 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 she's kind of hard to do, uh, you know, it's a little technical. So I'm like yeah. feeling super accomplished, it's like, yeah, I beat this kind of rival of the day, going into the animation, and he rage quits. I'm like, dude, we just had the most epic battle, we just had a story play out in front of us, this was fun. It's like, yeah, you, you lost, but it's like you've gained a rival and a friend nope bop, bop, gone yeah. so uh, yeah. all that coolness that you could have had you know like troy how hector comes out and fights faces faces achilles and such that you could have had that kind of glory but instead you are just a bitch ass rage quitter okay mm. so sucks 
Sucks to have to do that. Now we have to blow you up on the internet. And I mean, that's just what's going to keep happening. So don't rage quit against anyone with the, they have the, the event hub's name in there. Or if you really want the notoriety, you can rage quit against us. And more than likely, we're going to put you up here. So, uh, so you number know. four, uh, more oh, yeah. shameful ways of, of outing rage quitters. We want- <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's perfect. There we go. No, uh, number four, make learning fun. Like one of the problems that fighting games still struggle with is baking in learning the the actual game into part of the overall experience. Training modes, like the challenges, all that kind of stuff, those are fine. But they're not actually incorporated directly into like the gameplay. You've got to go into like five menus and then, you know, trial 18 or whatever is like, you know, hit like grow a third arm and hit it with your forehead and all this kind of stuff. It's it gets a little challenging. But Mm -hmm. if you could start off like with something like a young Ryu and Goken pops out there and is like, hey, throw a fireball three times. Uh, But it's a cinematic experience. You're, You're seeing the plot unfold because Goken is literally teaching you how to throw a fireball for the first time. That's an iconic moment. That's like, oh, crap, here we go. Uh, And, you know, the Street Fighter Assassin's Fist thing. They did that really well. It was mm-hmm. cinematic. It was incredible. It's like, yeah, we, we know Ryu's going to throw a fireball, but the way they did it was was really impactful. That's what we want to see in the games. Um, and, it you sounds know, like you could and, fuse it with the story that you were talking about before, right? Exactly. Like maybe the beginnings exactly. of the story could be some of these early early on lessons. Um, but yeah, go ahead. You were saying. No, exactly that. It's it's not just a tutorial. It's a part of the game. This is the way that you do it. And and, and so the, the the thing about it is, that, you know, moving forward here, just on this idea, it would be, you know, Goken's like, hey, you learned how to, you know, toss some plasma. Let's go out to a bar and celebrate. And like three dudes jump out at you, like, ah, oh, I'm gonna kick your ass because you're like a dude running around like looking like Ryu, right? And and so now you've got to do like three dragon punches to fight them off, right? And and the whole thing is, you know, Goken like afterwards, like, oh, here, here's another drink because you did three dragon punches or something, like have some fun with it you know you don't need to take yourself super seriously at street fighter but incorporate it into the game so that when you're learning to throw a fireball or dragon punch or whatever you're having fun doing it Mm -hmm. you're not just you know yeah well so and and that's that's basic moves and there's a lot to be said i think we actually just posted today a a story where um a little girl uh throws what i assume is her first fireball and you see that magic moment on her face and we it takes you back to the first time you did that kind of a thing. And, and, you know, you have that experience as you go through um, when you have a really hard combo that you've been working on and you finally hit it in training mode and then you finally hit it in an actual match. Like the, the that, that's a, those are magical moments. Um, yeah. And you'd want to be able to try to capture those things as much as you possibly could with this sort of a thing. But even um, if, when it boils down to the more important or the, the, well, not more important, but the, the deeper concepts of things like whiff punishing, things like frame traps, that is foreign to so many people that still play Street Fighter, you know, the, the more casual crowd, because you really have to dig in before you can begin to see why those things are really important and why those are really helpful. Um, and, and some people never get to that level of play and they're just, right. you know, casual. Right. And that's fine. But maybe it's because they never see how valuable it is. And so if your training mode can can um, communicate that feeling it's like okay so someone's whiffing and then maybe they slow things down so you can see okay the whiff the recovery and if you hit them here uh and, and you know you, you make it a big celebration and and you show them the value of that and the reward that comes from being patient and whiff punishing or setting up a counter hit situation things like that uh, that's what I would want to see from a training mode. It's like just show the people why doing these things are, are good and why they can be fun. Because for a lot of us that do get into that competitive grind, the reason we're jumping back in, it, well, some of the reasons we're jumping back in is to refine those because we've tasted how good it feels to get a good whiff punish mm-hmm. in there. 
you know? And so you, and you want more of that. And that's what drives you to get better in a way that's, that's going to be lasting as opposed to, you know, I, I found this gimmicky setup thing that works because I'm minus two and then I rip a DP. It's like, sure, that's, that can work sometimes, but that's not long lasting. But if you get these foundational things that will help you no matter which, no matter the skill of your opponent, you know, whether it's scrub boy 15 or it's Momochi, a frame trap's a frame trap at that point. And so um, I, and, and also I, I would, I would say you can't really talk about this without bringing up like the likes of, was it Guilty Gear Strive, not Strive, uh, Exerd's training mode and such and how they, they actually like turned it into something of like a platformer, right? Yep. To show you certain things like air combos. It's like these, like these floating enemies, kill them all. How are you going to do it? Well, you have to do like an air combo sequence or something like that. Um, I, I really like that because it, it takes you out of just, uh, of the main game and it shows you the specific significance of each thing that you have to do. There you go. And so at number five, uh, this is going to be more hardcore here, but, uh, uh, hit boxes and expanded frame data. Uh, you know, this is hitboxes have inexplicably been hidden in fighting games to this very day, which mm -hmm. I don't get it. Um, and it really sucks when you're trying to see if a move is good or not. Like, you know, Wolverine's dive kick and stuff like it's the, the hitbox on it takes up the entire screen. It's mm -hmm. nice to know that, you know, it, and it just put a hitbox viewer in there so that we're not going on YouTube or, or downloading random programs or whatever. Like it's right there. It's a big part of the games. This is for the competitive community more. So most casuals are not going to look at it, but it's just nice to have it too. And, you know, it, it is even fun for people who maybe don't care necessarily about getting super good in fighting games to see how a video game or a fighting game works. It's like, Oh, it's all hit boxes and, you know, frame data and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, this is, it's really, it's, it's kind of cool to see it. Even if you don't have a mastery of it, this is how the game works. Um, and, you know, and even something like uh, Tekken 7's um, uh, punish system where, you know, it's one thing to know a move is like negative seven on block, but it's also quite another to know like, oh, here's the four moves that I have that will punish it, mm -hmm. you know, and stuff. And, and it's like it really kind of rewards you and gives you a sense of satisfaction of like, oh, so this is what the players are doing. This is like, you know, what what Daigo or whomever is doing when they get up there. Uh, it, it's it's really nice to this is more hardcore, but it's still like a. um why is this missing from fighting games and been missing for so long? It seems it just, like it'd be so easy to put in there, right? Like now we yeah, have stuff like the, the frame advantage blue and red in the street fighter training. And I like, that's, it's great. And they've been advancing things along. This is the next step. Like, like add this in there. Um, because you, when you play, your brain begins to understand um, where hit boxes and hurt boxes are, right? Because you know, okay, even though the animation is here, they get hit from this distance. Or if they're doing this thing, they'll get hit. And and some people are, are more sensitive than others to things like that. But you start to develop that. And when you start to understand that, that's when you begin to level up in some really important and significant ways. This would expedite that process for people. So again, this would make things a little more accessible to people because they would be more plainly, or it would be more, they'd be more aware because it would be more plainly available and obvious as to what you want to do with certain moves. It refines your understanding of what tools are. It's like, yep. just get rid of the mystery in areas that you don't need it instead of making the game just easier to like lop off chunks of health. It's like, no, let them understand why this is fun. Just like in yep. the last point, why is this good? Why is this fun? How do you use this tool? Where does it belong? Where does it not belong? And this is one of the ways that you could expedite that process in a, in a really awesome way. Yeah, there, and couldn't have said it better myself. It's it's, it's just it, this is really all about having fun and, and just a lot of satisfying. Uh, it's it's so much fun again. Like you mentioned before, like just to learn to throw a fireball for the first time or a dragon punch or whatever. It's a rush, but 
all these other concepts we're talking about, it's the same thing. When you learn how to properly punish or to frame trap and all this other kind of stuff, that 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 rush, that satisfaction, it, it's huge. So hopefully Capcom hears us with all this kind of stuff. And, you know, th these are things that they roll out for Street Fighter VI and, and really make it a, an enjoyable experience kind of for the masses. It's not just for the hardcore. This is for a lot of casual people who want to get more into fighting games. And then it's baked right into the game for you. It's like, oh, pfft. Go, come right in here. Go into training mode. Go into this mode, and, and like it's right there for you. Have some fun with it. You'll you'll have a blast even learning this stuff. And there it is. Okay, so taking a little bit of a break from the uh, the Street Fighter discussion, we have a brand new game that just came out. Yeah, well, on October fifth, and uh, that is Nickelodeon All Star Brawl. We've also been calling it Nick Smash because uh, it's very plainly a uh, copy of Super Smash Bros. And I don't say that with any negativity associated with it. Uh, the same idea as Mortal Kombat copying Street Fighter. It's just sort of the format. Um, and, and it's completely, totally acceptable. Uh, but brand new game here where it's a platform fighter, but it's got characters from across the generations of Nickelodeon's Nicktoon shows. And the potential for this is absolutely huge because you have the atmosphere and the recognizability of the Super Smash Bros. But then you have these characters that, like I said, people that are my age, you know, in their 30s are going to recognize from their childhood. But then there's also characters that people that are still, you know, 10 right now are going to recognize and want to play. And so the potential for this game is absolutely massive. But we've had it for, well, a day now, and then a handful of community members have been able to play it uh, with, via early copies. And what we're seeing is eh, there's a lot of polish that still needs to be applied to it. And there are some things that are making us wonder just how long this might last. Or, or maybe another way of saying it would be, will it be able to reach this massive potential that it has right now? Or will it sort of burn out, be a quick flash in the pan because it might might not be all that deep. And so with me today to talk about this is our resident smash expert, our, our smash millier, uh, Justin Adaptive Trigger Gordon. Justin, thank you for coming on today. How are you? Uh, I'm doing good. Actually, just got off a session of playing some online ranked uh, just for this podcast. And yeah, I got a lot of things to say about the game. Yeah. <laughs> right on, right on. Well, we can jump right into it. The idea here is... Again, there, there's so much that this game could be, but there are some bumps in the road. And, and we'll we'll talk about the good, we'll talk about the bad. But Justin, I'll turn it right over to you. What are some of the things that you're seeing right now that are giving you a little bit of hesitance, a little bit of trepidation in terms of how far this game might go? So I have certain skepticism that developed from essentially, like I guess you could say the day zero or day negative one of mm -hmm. Nick's All-Star where essentially the content creators and the professional players, they were allowed to stream the game. So from a spectator perspective, <laughs> it feels like the characters are all just doing the same thing. And yeah, I remember specifically thinking they're never pressing the block button. <laughs> like they're just, they're just attacking each other like over and over again. So it feels kind of like an all offense, no defense, or at least that was a, an initial reaction. Yeah, that was exactly my reaction. It's like, I knew the block bro was in the game, but at the same time I was thinking, is there a block button? <laughs> like, you know, even after having time to play the game, I've the VG boot camp, they recently did like a tournament. And I watched that, and you know, I'm not sure about how the game will do from a spectator's perspective. I, I, but when you're playing it, it feels better than it. Um, oh, that it looks? Yeah, it looks. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, 
it feels like the characters are just doing the same thing and to some extent um all the characters do feel like they play pretty similarly it's where pretty much you get a hit off and you pretty much have permission to just go to town on the opponent if you're the one that's you know dissing the damage like that you know that feels really good yeah that's one of the first kind of things i guess i I wanted to get to is how the game generally feels is it fun to of course it's fun to dish out the damage and to see your opponent's meter go down their their health bar go down or the, in this case their percentage go up and then eventually explode but is the back and forth fun when you are on defense or when you are at disadvantage do you feel like you have the tools to creatively get away and and, and reset the situation or counter your opponent or do you feel helplessly on defense you know, I was really worried that once you got hit, it was going to be like a touch of death type game. But I ran into a few opponents, and when I saw them essentially just sitting there in shield, I was like, okay, I, I have permission to just go to town on them. And I would go in, and I was actually surprised uh, to get punished in a lot of situations. Um, the character I've been playing, and this is the only character I've played, is Leonardo, you know, the, the Ninja Turtle. Mm-hmm. You know, from what I could tell, he's actually a very good character. Um it seems like one of the best strategies with him is to go in with his um, down light attack, which it's very good for setting up combos. And a lot of the combo starters are the same for the characters, which it does make it a little bit easy to pick up, but it also you know goes into that problem where all the characters seem similar. But I actually remember specifically the Spongebob player I was running into was actually pretty decent. Uh, there was this moment where you know, I kept trying to pressure him with Leonardo's air light down attack. And he would just punish me with an up smash. Uh, I'm sorry, the up strong attack. I keep keep using smash terms. Uh, It's going to happen. It's going to happen. (laughs) No one will fault you. There was a moment where he did his up strong attack, which is exactly the the type of strategy you do with Mario in um, pretty much any smash game because he has um, actually a really good up smash attack, uh, Mario. And it Mm -hmm. seems like SpongeBob is designed very similarly to that. I was like, okay... So I need to play around this defensive option a little bit more. So the SpongeBob actually beat me once, but after I started mixing, um, instead of going in for the just pure offense, I, I would just stay at a certain range and just poke him with um, standing light attack. He wasn't able to deal with it quite as well because you know Leonardo has that extra reach with his katanas. Sure. And I had to play differently around the defense option, which kind of alleviated some of my concerns a bit um, after that experience. And I think I beat that player like three times after that. So Good. Screw that guy. Or yeah. <laughs> it did feel like the, the fear would be that the game is more offensive and too heavily offensive. But I, what it sounds like you're saying is that a, a defensive puzzle solving kind of does emerge, especially once you've started to play, but maybe it's just not so apparent when you're watching. Is that fair to say? Yes. Like, even when you're playing, it feels like the offense is dialed to, like, 11 on a scale of 1 to 10. Mm-hmm. And my initial impression from watching that defense was, like, a 0. But it's really, like, a 3 or a 4. Like, it, it has its place, and... Even I found myself, you know, just sitting back and shielding in certain situations and then going for the punish. So it does skew towards offense, which maybe that's not a bad thing if you're that melee mindset where, you know, the melee players, they really enjoy the offense. They prefer that over, like, the defensive styles of Brawl, which is the campiest in the series, Smash 4 and Ultimate, where the offense and defense are kind of balanced, but even in that game, the defensive is skewed towards defense. 
a lot of the things that have been floating to the top of the social media and in like, you know, kind of the, the highlights of, or maybe kind of the negative highlights are that there seem to be a lot of uh, kind of broken things, which is normal for a vanilla version of a game, launch version of a game. But some of the things I've seen is like zero to death sequences, which I mean, that's, that's a thing in Smash Bros, right? As far as I understand it. But I, I you also don't want to have too much of that because then it becomes almost a one player game as someone gets a hit. And then of course, uh, what's making the rounds right now is the Sandy Infinite. Um, I know that I saw Leffen, his, his chat asked him to try to break the game and it didn't take him long to figure out with <laughs> Michelangelo that he, he can basically go up above this, the camera from the screen and just kind of hang out there in the high up no man's land and repeatedly do one of his specials that just keeps him floating up there. And the other character, I mean, I'm sure different characters have different abilities that would might make them able to reach him. But for a lot of the characters, they can't do anything about it or they have to kind of try to guess where he's at. And it just shuts the whole game down. You could just get one hit or one one stock and then go do that and you're just, you know, run the timer out. So it feels like there are quite a bit of, of competitive issues with the game. But does that feel like those things are going to kind of void the compa- the competitive side of this or are they fixable and will the devs fix them in a timely manner because otherwise it's like that's fun for all of 20 minutes but then that doesn't go much deeper than oh, i know how to do the sandy infinite do you want to go outside and throw the ball around now <laughs> uh yeah so it's actually a rule in like smash tournaments stalling is illegal so that type of strategy with michelangelo is illegal but people could still do that in like an like online setting, of course. But mm. you know, well, the point is too. Like, sure, maybe it's not going to happen in tournament. But if someone, if that's available, what's to stop people from, like you say, just go online and just do that, and then then that all of a sudden everyone online is Michelangelo, or every time you run into a Michelangelo online, you don't want to keep playing because it's like, oh, it's just going to be this again, and then again, let's go outside and throw the ball around. Yeah, I think actually the clip. Um, Leffen actually did do that too. He just hit somebody once and he just started out the rest of the match. But I think he got like a 5% damage lead. And I mean, that was the match pretty much. <laughs> so, so with those kinds of things floating around, I was like, well, m- my fear is that the developers went, okay, we have Smash Bros. People like that, know that. It's that kind of a setting. We have these uh, really popular IPs with the Nicktoons, the likes of SpongeBob and such. And then maybe that's enough. And then we can just kind of do the bare minimum. And here it is. And we'll see how far that takes us, which that'll probably get some good sales. But again, that's not going to realize the potential that this game truly has. Now, Hungry Box very prominent Smash competitor and content creator, did an interview with both uh, Thaddeus Cruz and Marcus Villalobos, who are two of the main devs for this game, and uh, they were talking about how much they do plan. Like they, they play a lot of Smash. They said, we are players. We are also developers. We understand where the players are coming from. We know a lot of what the players want, and we aim to make this a competitively viable game. And so like that was like, okay, good. So they, they want to do that. But I'm afraid that with as many issues as there are right now, it's like they got to they gotta jump on this and, and change a lot of this stuff very quickly. And uh, I think we even have a quote from that, so I'll go ahead and run that. But um, I wanted to ask you, do you feel like this game has the potential to to hold on long enough to keep people's attention as it exists right now? Or are, do you feel the same way, that things need to change, a lot of things need to change rapidly if you want to retain your competitive audience? 
Um, so I actually remember seeing Thaddeus mentioned something about this in like Discord, where the developers act- were actually a bit crunched. Uh, Nickelodeon or whoever's you know paying the bills, I guess they want the uh, game Ludosity, out. I think, and yeah. Fair Play Labs, yeah, yeah. So you know, they want the game out on October fifth, and Thaddeus, I think Thaddeus's mindset. He said something to the effect of, if the game just had six more months of development time, mm. um, the, the game would be less jank. And to be clear, the game it, the game does feel pretty jank at times. Like, it's it's a fun kind of jank though. But um, and I think even during the interview, uh, Thaddeus said that you know the game is kind of dumb right now because the balance is all over the place, and you definitely feel that at times. But you know, on the other hand, uh, just think about like melee. I mean that's also a pretty broken game in certain. <laughs> like, True, it's very, absolutely. Yeah, so if a game like Melee could be, as you know, it's, it has a competitive scene for like twenty years at this point, and that game is actually one way I like to describe Melee is, I, you know, despite how you know it has a lot of good qualities to it, I, I definitely appreciate the fast pace and how much the fans like the game because of what it offers, but it's also a very archaic game. It has a lot of problems. And although Nick Allstore brings its own share of problems to the table, it also fixes a lot of those archaic problems. In some ways, Nick Allstore Brawl feels better than, it feels better to play than Melee. Do you have an example or or like a particular way it feels that way? The controls just feel more responsive to me because mm. there's buffering in this game and there's no buffering in that one. And also, like, with Melee, I, I feel like a big problem with that game is, like, you always get the LED's invincibility back whenever you just, you know, and... Um, I, I hear what you're saying when they've they've made some upgrades or they've learned some lessons, but I would also say and Melee came out 20 years ago, so the standards and the expectations were very different. So for Melee to have... Uh, it's kind of grandfathered in in certain ways where it's like in the same way that Street Fighter 2 is is massively broken compared to today's standards. And if Street Fighter 2 or a game like it came out today, people would probably just laugh and say, no, I mean, that's that's fun for whatever, but we're going to, again, go outside and play some ball. Uh, And now Street Fighter 2 is grandfathered in because of when it came out and because of the, you know, the nostalgia, and it does have a ton of valid back and forth and such. But if you release that today, people I don't think would receive it. And I'm sort of worried that we might have that kind of a situation where it's like, yeah, you can't release Melee with Melee's problems today. And and you are saying that some of those problems are fixed, but maybe not all of them. Basically what you're saying, the fair thing to do is to compare Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl to... Like something like Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I would do that, yes, because it's the much more modern title. Okay, yes. So in Nick Nick Smash's defense, uh, Smash is obviously a game. I, I don't think Nick All Star Brawl would be able to live up to like Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. It just has a lot more, lot more money going into it, obviously. And as you point out, they they definitely need to fix some of the infinites and um, like the Sandy thing not okay the michelangelo thing definitely not okay uh they need to fix some of this jank broken stuff they need to polish up the presentation but if you can look past that stuff i feel like this game does have potential as a competitive game okay for smash players it feels like it's that it's that feeling you get when you're like doing the combos and stuff and yeah this game has a lot of that it's 
you know, like I said, it's very offensively focused, and that's exactly what a lot of players want. So that seems to be what it's catering towards. Yeah, can can you really quickly can you say some of the things that are the most fun to do in this game? So for me, when I was you know playing my sessions earlier, for me earlier when I was playing with Leonardo, it felt really good to get a combo going where I would get the opponent off stage and then essentially spike them with um, down aerial light. Mm-hmm. And it felt like Leonardo's built as this character who his strong attacks aren't really all that great. Like I was, I felt like I was getting killed earlier by like you know SpongeBob or Reptar's strong attacks, mm-hmm. and when I'd hit them at you know similar percents, they just wouldn't die. So it feels like he's built to base people out. Then when he gets a hit, combo them into oblivion and then spike them off the stage. He's and he has like you know four or five different spikes, and when you get that combo going, it just feels really good. One of the big things that I think it's it's they're not always the most obvious, but I, I think this really plays into how satisfying it is to play a fighting game. The audio and the visuals of when you perform things like so does the screen shake? Does there is there an appropriate, you know, sound associated? Uh, does the character fly back? Does it feel satisfying to land those hits and to hear those thwacks, things like that? How does the how do those things resonate with you? The sound is uh, about as generic as it can get. <laughs> mm. One thing I've kind of realized is that you could um, come into a room where a match is being played. You know, let's say you're blindfolded or you're closing your eyes. You more than likely won't be able to identify the characters that are being played. Um, mm. There's no voice acting. That's another thing we got to... We'll, we'll, we'll roll back to this, but the fact that there are no voice actors or Nickelodeon cartoons feels like a huge piece of the pie is missing. But go ahead. Yeah. It feels like the sound you get from hitting someone with like Leonardo's sword is the same as like SpongeBob slapping you or uh, Reptar headbutting you. But there are a few unique sounds where it could be like, okay, that's Reptar, that's Zim. You know, he has the electric attack and Reptar has the fire attack. You can probably identify them from sound alone, but the fact that you you know you can't identify what's going on from sound alone because. All the sound effects sound the same. All the strong attacks, they use the same sound effect, same light attacks. And I mean, it feels satisfying when you hit them, but not because of the sound that's happening. Because mm-hmm. uh, sometimes, like, and it takes you a second to realize that, you know, either you beat, you hit the opponent or they hit you. Mm. Because maybe you both did like a little, scr- you know, you're both scrapping and, yeah. um, you both threw a smash attack out and something happened. And there's also this rock, paper, scissors mechanic where if strong attacks, you know, like I think it's the neutral beats the down one or the up one. I don't remember which one exactly, but it, it causes this weird reaction. And that can also throw you off because um, it's also, it's not always clear when it's happening, but that could also just be an inexperienced thing. Um, do you feel like the voice acting or the lack thereof, uh, is is a huge issue or just a little issue? Or is it going to turn certain people off? Is it going to be a reason people don't get the game or or get the game or don't continue to play it once they get it, expecting to hear you know Tom Kenny's voice as SpongeBob or or Dog from Cat Dog and, and or uh, you know Oblina and such? It's like I, when I saw that, that was just like a given. Like when I saw what she was revealed or seeing that SpongeBob was revealed, it's like it's a given that you're going to hear those because it's a cartoon, man. So much of it is the voice of the character, and for those not to be in there, it's like, are, are you getting the full experience? I mean, it. it I'm sure it's much more difficult. There's a lot more red tape that goes into having that happen. And I know I think we saw that with Power Rangers Battle for the Grid that it started without voice acting 
and then they eventually brought voice actors into it, if I recall correctly. Uh, but do you think like that needs to happen for this game to uh, to really be successful and to really flourish, or can it get away without having voice actors? It definitely needs voice actors, like one hundred percent. The characters feel actually, I would say they feel kind of lifeless without you know the voices coming out of them. And mm-hmm. from sound alone, you cannot identify the characters, and a big part of that is you know the voice acting. Like I would love to hear like. SpongeBob doing his little giggle thing, uh, his little giggle when he hits somebody mm-hmm. or something like. Oh, that'd be that, so annoying! Yeah, Perfectly uh, annoying. I mean, yeah, that's SpongeBob though. He's supposed to be annoying, but yeah. we don't get that. We just get, you know, just yeah. generic sound effect. You know, I feel like a lot of people are going to be turned off that the fact that there isn't voice acting and it's something that needs to be addressed. It definitely needs to be patched in. To me, it feels like this is uh, almost sort of still like beta phase of what this game should be at this point. Uh, and, and that there are some things that they can absolutely do to push things forward and to get it into a better place. Um, I guess my question for you is if I'm deciding whether or not I want to get this game, one, should I buy it for the experience? And then also, do you think this game is going to last for more than a few months or is it going to be sort of like a, a flash in the pan because of its faults? Uh, first of all, I think your beta um, compare, your analogy is probably spot on. It does feel like the game's kind of like in a beta state. I would actually, it feels like the game is like 80% complete, maybe 70 or 80% around there. And it does feel like, you know, like Thadia said, it feels like it needs like another six months we do know that they're going to be releasing DLC, but let, let's say the game doesn't get any updates from here. I, I think it's already confirmed that the game will be getting updates, but hypothetically, mm-hmm. um, I think the game would only last about like six months um, at best. And that's being very generous, I'd say. But if they can patch it to what it, it's you know supposed to be, I guess, um, they could fix some of this jank... Um, especially important to add to the presentation because I, f- I feel like that's something for the casual um, the casual players. It feels like this game is made with the competitive player in mind. It, it also feels like the casual crowd is actually getting left behind in some regards. Oh, no. Um, just as an example, I, I played the arcade mode just out of curiosity on what it would be like, and it doesn't feel any different from playing any regular matches. Like, there's not a final boss at the end, and... There's actually like speech bubbles where the characters talk to each other, but it's as generic as it gets. And just um, reminding you that the voice acting isn't there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, Leonardo will see, say something like "Turtle Power" to like SpongeBob, and SpongeBob will say something that has nothing to do. Like they're they're just talking at each other. Really, mm. it just seemed like it was just phoned in, and like, even like the tutorial. I was curious on what the tutorial would how the game would teach you how to play. It's just a slideshow. So it just says, press this button to do this. And instead of like a gameplay segment, the game doesn't even teach you how to wave dash, by the way. Like you just have to know how to do that. It was revealed just a few months ago, right? And then it's already out. I mean, I don't know how long it was in development. It's really hard to keep stuff like this under wraps, as we know. I think it's fair to say that it feels rushed. And like I'm, I'm, I want this game to flourish. I want it to do well because, like I said, it has so much potential with the IP, with the setting, uh, with the, it can be a party game. If it can crack into the competitive side of things, I don't want it to just be like, oh, that was a fun idea, and then like, what's next? But uh, I'm rooting for them. Uh, they have a lot of work. It sounds like to still do. 
Uh, my fingers are crossed that that things will pan out and they'll have the updates that keep people around and and keep this game in a and um, keep people with a serious point of view towards this game. Uh, but Justin, did you have anything else you wanted to tack on here? Um, look forward to my review at the during the weekend. This is essentially my pre-review review, but I'm still going to be putting in time in the game, so look forward to that. Will do. I look forward with much anticipation. Hey, thanks <laughs> a lot again for coming on, man. I, I appreciate it. Again, we're rooting for Smash, uh, Nick Smash, <laughs> Nickelodeon <laughs> All-Star Brawl. And uh, yeah, so guys, let us know in the comments. Have you played it? Have you been having fun? Do you think it has longevity or not? So we'd love to hear about it. And uh, and let us know if you want some more coverage of this on the Event Hubs podcast podcast. here. And and want to see more segments in the future on it. Otherwise, we will see see you you next time. See you then.